0: everyone welcome to a new episode of like hearted my name is anna and i just press
1: record for the first time <laughs> wow <laughs> normally i am on the other side but we had of course of course some technical difficulties as always yeah and my name is bracy and we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow
0: well i just grew by um in this podcast
1: learning a new skill
0: yeah Here we are.
1: (laughs) You're also growing by learning how to edit these. I know.
0: I am. I wasn't even going to talk about that, but I am learning how to edit these episodes finally after (laughs) two and a half years.
1: Yeah. So if you're listening to this, Anna edited this episode.
0: I edited this episode, so feel free to um, withhold all criticism.
1: Also, pat her on the back because it's not easy.
0: (laughs) Yes. Please pat me on the back. (laughs) Um, other ways that I'm growing, I would say are with work. I had a situation happen a couple of weeks ago where I was being like pulled into a situation that I really didn't understand why, because it wasn't my role and it hasn't been communicated to me exactly like how my role should be overlapping with this other person's role. It was very confusing. So I initially put up a boundary of being like, Hey, are we sure that I need to attend this meeting? I wasn't included on the invite, and also that's not really my job. So can you tell me more about why my presence is being requested? (laughs) Um, And the person was like, oh, well, they thought you were coming. And so I ended up going only because I was like, oh, well, this person is like newer. And so if they felt like they needed me there for comfort or something else, I'm like, I I can do that, which (laughs) – (laughs) people pleasing. Um, But I set up a time to meet with my person who's going to be my supervisor next year um, to be like, hey, let's talk about how this is going to work next year because I don't want to be being pulled into situations that I'm really not needed to be there. If if they do need me there, that's one thing. But if it's just to sit there and like answer a question that other people can absolutely answer, then like I don't want to do that. I want to clear delineation of what my roles are so that I can be more protective of myself and my time
1: I love that for you I'm so proud
0: I know I felt really proud too um okay what about you tell us
1: how you're growing I love how you just moved on from that really big (laughs) and we're done (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I don't know I think I'm in a season of not really doing a whole lot of growing I'm just hanging on you know
0: yeah we need to do that
1: we do. Yeah. I had therapy last week and most of what we talked about was how I was not resting well enough. Mm. It was like, okay, well, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> How'd that feel? <laughs> I mean, I know she's right mm-hmm. and it feels hard. Yeah. Absolutely. So
0: that's where I am. I feel like that's like one of your long-term lessons. How to rest. <laughs> When we did our spirituality episode and we talked about, you know, beliefs around our souls and we're here to like learn some things and I, you know, do some things and whatever that like that might be yours because I feel like that shows up for you a yeah,
1: lot. Yeah, what a an interesting reflection. Wow, I'll really have to do something here on that. I'm sure you're right. Especially because it always seems when I get into a situation where I'm either doing something I really like or just like a busy season, I tend to channel my stress into doing more. I'm like, well, if I can just, you know, cross these things off my list, then I'll feel better and then I can rest. Yeah. And that's not working out for me very well. So. (laughs) (laughs) The change of plans. Yeah. Thanks for bringing them up. You're so welcome. Okay. I'm excited about this episode. I know you might have some feelings about it, but at some point, We were talking about something, and I was like, how have we not done an episode on people pleasing I know. It's kind of shocking. I feel like you've been people
0: pleasing me by not having us do an episode on this for the last two and a half years.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I'm challenging you to talk about it. So here we are. (laughs) Here we are. Well, you know what? Let's
0: start with you. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like you are a people pleaser?
1: I think that everybody people pleases to some extent. Sure. And I'm not sure that that's a bad thing always. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's just like being considerate. And like sometimes it's okay for somebody else to get what they want, even if that means that you're not getting what you want. I think that's true. And I think growing up that I definitely had, you know, the classic good kid syndrome. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to do everything that I can to be like good. Mm-hmm. for everybody around me. So, you know, just classic high achiever tendencies. Yeah. And I think that along with, I learned, We've, t- I think we've talked about this before, but I learned to sort of like read the emotional room and kind of manage other people's feelings. And I think that is definitely a people-pleasing tendency. Ooh,
0: reading the emotional room. Because I feel like I definitely do that.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people do it. And I think... Oftentimes, it's emotional labor that we ought not to be doing.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. That we're taking
0: on like all the
1: feelings in the room and being like, okay, how can I improve this? Right. Like I'm trying to mitigate your feelings and mm-hmm. you haven't even expressed them. So I've, I'm learning, currently learning, mm-hmm. that unless somebody brings a problem to my attention, even if I can feel that there's a problem, it's not my responsibility until I'm told that there's a problem. Right. Right and then I'm happy to help. It's hard. It's hard when you've, your whole life have been like, oh, I feel like something's wrong here. Like somebody's upset. Let me like fix it. Mm -hmm. And now as an adult, I recognize that you're upset. You're not expressing that you're upset. And I can't help you if you're not willing to meet me halfway. Yeah. If you're not going to communicate, I can't, I can't do it for you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Actually, not even I can't because I could. I won't. I'm not going to do it. That's at my own expense. I'm not going to do it anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about for like early memories of people
1: pleasing? Do you feel like you have any that stand out to you? I don't feel like I have any specific ones. No, I just can remember like doing nice things for a family member or a teacher and I mean, it's hard to – It's like, was I just doing that because it was a nice thing to do or did I just want their, Mm -hmm. like, positive reaction? (laughs) Totally,
0: which I feel like this is a hard definition to kind of parse out because it's like, what's the difference between being a people pleaser and just wanting to be nice to people or wanting to make other people happy? Are those different? I mean, I think they are, but, like, they're obviously intertwined as well.
1: Yeah, I think it probably has a little bit to do too with whether you're doing it just for the f- sake of doing it or if you're looking mm-hmm. for validation. And I think a lot of the times when I was young, which I think it's pretty standard for kids to do this, but when I was young, I was like, I was actually just looking for the validation.
0: Yeah. 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 I've heard some too about people pleasing, coming from a place of insecurity and wanting, like you're saying, like wanting that validation, wanting to, be good quote unquote good and for Mm -hmm. other people to view you as good versus enjoying or having a value of making other people happy and having to figure out when you're when you're in a moment when you're making decisions having to make sure that you where's your motivation coming from like what is this giving you
1: yeah that makes total sense do you have any specific memories of
0: people pleasing I was thinking about this the last few days and the only one that I kept thinking about was having conversations when you go over to people's houses to play or have friends over to play that you should just kind of default to what they want to do, especially if they're Mm -hmm. over at your house. Like you are their guest, so you should do what they want to
1: do. Yeah. Do you think you were taught that or do you think that's just the way that, that you are? Yes, I think I was taught that. Okay.
0: And well, that kind of makes sense to me. Like, yeah, like when you have a guest over, you should probably lean a little bit more towards like, yes, what they want to do. But it shouldn't be like 100%. You're just like going along with whatever. It's not like you aren't allowed to have an opinion about how you want to spend your time with your friend.
1: Yeah, my first thought there isn't like, oh, I should just do what they want. It's like, oh, let's find something that we both might enjoy, even if it's not our first individual pick. Hmm. So I've thought about that one some, and then even just now, obviously
0: because we're talking about it out loud, I have a lot of memories of going over to a friend's house, and I don't know if I was ever explicitly taught this or explicitly told this, but like when you're at someone's house and you are their guest, you should act a certain way. You should be helpful. You should not cause trouble. That type of thing. And so I have very specific memories of being at a friend's house and if you know their parents were like oh you need to hey like you need to do this laundry real quick before you guys like go outside and I would immediately be like okay yeah I'll do it and you know my friend would be like mom I don't want to do that <laughs> or you know complaining I'd be like, oh, I'll be i do it I'll do it yeah oh you have chores that you need to get done okay I'll do it or like being out with them I remember one time this is like <laughs> this is like a core memory we were running an errand with their family and we drove up and they couldn't tell if they were open or not or something like that. And they wanted one of their kids to get out of the car and go look at the window and nobody wanted to do it. And I was like, Oh, I'll do it. And so I got out of the car. And then when I got back in, they had like one of the vans that had like the automatic door. Mm -hmm. And I kind of jumped back into the van and I slammed my forehead (gasps) onto the side
1: Oh no. It
0: hurt so badly, but I am not a crier in front of people for a long, long time, have not been. And I was sitting in the back biting my lips so hard trying not to cry. And their mom was like, Anna, you can cry. I know that hurt really bad. And I just I don't I don't think I lost it though. I think I held it together, but I was like really quiet for for a minute. So the yeah. the dangers of people pleasing, y'all, they are real uh. You might slam your
1: head into the car. Yeah, that's so sad. I it just want to really go hug. Like, yeah, Hugs little Anna. Little girl, it's okay yeah. to cry. I would do the same thing. It's okay to cry. It <laughs> was like a really kind thing that she said to me, but I was like, no way, lady. Uh, tough. I will say, I think the phenomenon you're talking about there is tough because I do think there's a level of being polite when you go to somebody else's yeah. house. And I do think that some of the... Manners that we teach kids are questionable, especially in the South. But I, but yeah. I do think that it's good to you know teach your children that when they go over to somebody's house, not sure. to like cause a ruckus or anything. You know, sure. like, make it easier on them and not harder. So that yeah, that one's a fine line for sure. Yeah, and I got a lot of positive
0: reinforcement from that family for acting the way that I did when I was at their house. Right. I, you know, they were always talking about how I was like such a kind person and so helpful and all that stuff. And I loved it. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, me? (laughs) Whatever. I'll do anything you want. (laughs) These types of
1: stories are now very helpful for me looking at them as a parenting lens because I'm like, okay, we're not going to reward other kids for coming into our house and being more helpful than our kids. Right. Right.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's really tricky. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's hard for me to decipher if there was any point in time when I became a people pleaser because I feel like I just always have been.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it, which is crazy. Yeah.
0: And I think some of it too could come from, you know, I, I've talked maybe a little bit on here before about how my oldest sister, you know, she went through some stuff when high school and I saw how difficult that was on her and on my parents and on their relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, I tried really hard to not cause problems because I don't want that to be me, and I don't yeah. want my parents to be mad at me, yeah, so I'm gonna do everything I can to kind of fly under the radar and go along and not cause
1: a ruckus, yeah, I mean that's it's so hard because I felt the same way in high school. I think I don't know at what point I kind of and maybe it's probably a slow deconditioning, but mm-hmm. I do remember being in high school and being like. I'm good. I'm working really hard to be good. Why mm-hmm. am I not getting – I had a lot of f- big feelings, obviously, hormones sure. in high school. Sure, 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 And I just remember holding on to, like, I'm so much better of a kid than all of my friends. Yeah. Which, that's, you know, that, that just feels icky now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole trying to keep people from not being mad at you portion. Mm-hmm. That, again, is like a little bit of the empathy, like empath, I'm feeling your feelings and Mm -hmm. trying to mitigate them. Yeah, 100%.
0: When you have been people-pleasing, do you have any signals that tell you that that's what you're doing versus you just wanting to do something
1: nice? Now I feel like a lot of my people pleasing comes during conflict. It's like, I Mm. feel yucky about this conflict and I want it to go away and I don't want you to be mad and I don't want to make you mad. So like, what can I do to fix it? Yeah. I think it's easier for me to notice because it comes from we're in a confrontation place and that feeling that I get in my body during confrontation is very obvious. Yeah. It's like a pit in my stomach. Mm. Mm -hmm. So pretty obvious for me. What about you? Yeah, I think it's definitely
0: like tied to anxiety. I can feel like my anxiety symptoms of feeling into my chest or feeling in my stomach or getting an immediate headache and neck tension and that type of stuff. And I see it the most around if somebody asks me to do something, if they want to hang out and I already have plans, if I can't cancel the plans, then I feel horrible, horrible, horrible that I'm having to tell this person that I already have plans. And I will immediately be like, but can we reschedule? When are you free? I'd love to see you. I'd love to see you five times in a row. (laughs) (laughs) I go there. But if it is something I can cancel and reschedule and figure out, I will do it hands down.
1: Yeah, you've told me this before, and I just continue to be surprised about it. Because in my mind, if I'm the per- person on the other end of that, I'm like, okay, you're busy. No big deal. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, let's reschedule. And then I move on. Like, there's not a whole lot of thought put into yeah, it, yeah, you yeah. know? And that's probably what is actually happening on
0: the other side. But in my head, yeah. I'm like, oh, they're never going to ask me to hang out again. They're going to be so upset that I can't do it. Now I'm not going to see them for weeks. Now our friendship isn't going to be as close. So. I need to make this choice in order to stay good in their eyes.
1: Yeah, that's a tough one.
0: Even thinking about this weekend, I'm already wrestling with myself of like, oh, I got asked to do something and I was going to go to a yoga class so I would be late. So
1: do I keep it? Do I reschedule the yoga class? Oh, Anna. (laughs) Do I? Like I'm already. (laughs) Well, I mean, this lends perfectly to the next question, which is what's more important to you, pleasing your loved ones or pleasing yourself? Pleasing my loved ones, hands down. The way this question is phrased, I don't even feel like it's Pleasing myself, it's not like oh, I need to be put above everybody else. Sure. It's like, what do I need to be a functioning human? And if that means going to a yoga class and being late to like a friend hangout, I'll I'll just do both. No big deal. It's all good. It's fine. yeah, and it's important to mm-hmm. take care of yourself. And sometimes you should choose yourself because mm-hmm.
0: you're worth it. And I feel like it, this question, it's not even like pleasing yourself. It's like more like honoring yourself or. Honoring your boundaries. Yeah. Prioritizing your boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. More than it is pleasing. But yes, I would always choose other people.
1: I also think that maybe a key difference between you and I in this area is that I don't often feel like there's situations where it's one or the other. Like I feel like oftentimes there's a compromise that can be reached where both parties are pretty happy. Yeah. And you're probably right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's interesting even to think about because I hear you say that and my there's like tickle in the back of my brain that's like, yeah, but if I could make them all the way happy. I would do it. I would do it.
1: Okay. Yeah. And to me, that's like, you're just devaluing yourself. Like, it's it's okay for you to get some of (laughs) what you want. (laughs) But see, that's the thing in people pleasing is because then I am getting what I want, which is. Okay. Yes. So this actually, this leads me into something that this is my real big hang up, like a big hang up about people pleasing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And part of the reason why we actually remembered that we hadn't done an episode on people pleasing is because I saw this quote and I was like, oh, we need to talk about this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So the quote is people pleasing is an unconscious attempt to control someone's opinion of you. And I think that oftentimes when anybody is doing the thing to me where it's like, no, like, what do you want to do? Or like even changing their behavior, Uh, like I can tell that they're changing their behavior because they think that that's what I want them to do.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm like,
1: I actually feel like a little turned off by this because all I really want is for you to be yourself. Like that's what that's what Mm -hmm. I want. I -hmm. don't want you to contort yourself to be whatever you think that I want you to be. Yeah. So and I think that's definitely an Enneagram 4 thing. But reading that quote, does that make you feel anything? Because manipulation, like that's a lot of aggressive language, I felt like. Can you read it one more time? People-pleasing is an unconscious attempt to control someone's opinion of you. So people-pleasing as a mechanism of control. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it gives me like a little tummy flutter. Yeah. and I,
0: But I was like, I mean, that's not wrong. No, it's not. No, I think that's 100% accurate. And yeah, I feel like people-pleasing, it's like under the anxiety umbrella, right? And that's mm-hmm. where that control is trying to control somebody else's opinion, somebody else's feelings towards you so that your own anxiety is like minimized about like what, what would happen if you were just yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: So they might not like you or they might get mad at you or have any sort of unpleasant feeling toward you, then you have to deal with that. And that feels harder than just people pleasing.
1: Yeah, it almost seems like one of those things where the controlling portion makes you feel better, but it, it doesn't actually save you from the thing you're afraid of.
0: Yeah, well, and, and it's exhausting. It's like a long, yeah, uh-huh. it's a long term plan, right? Like, it's not like you can get off the train without
1: doing a lot of work with yourself. Well, you've talked around it a little bit, but what's satisfying to you about people pleasing?
0: I think part of it is other people being happy because they're getting what they want. Happy maybe is not the right word, but it makes me – maybe like safe is the right word. Mm -hmm. That makes me feel safe if they are getting what they want. It makes me – honestly, yeah, it's pretty selfish actually now that I'm thinking about it because it also allows for me to maybe like take a step back and just enjoy a situation versus being in my head about are they having fun? this isn't what they wanted. I can just kind of chill a little bit and not have to worry about reading the room or mitigating emotions like you were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Because if they have what they want, then like they're going to be good.
1: Yeah. Everything's fine. So I don't have to have the overthinking portion happen. Mm -hmm. Even though I was probably doing that before we all made this decision. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Um, So what's the harm in people pleasing then? My other thing
0: is that I think it also, what it gives me is that it allows me to not have to think about my own needs. Mm, So it's like an, an avoidance tactic almost. Yes. Yes. That I don't have to, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to look in myself and be like, oh, like, what do I actually want? Or what do I actually need in this situation? Things I've learned in recent years is that I suppress what I need. And I think in asking what's the harm in people pleasing, I think that's one harm is that you lose yourself in that you're like, what do you even need? Do I even know anymore what I need or what I want?
1: That's fascinating. I hadn't even thought about it like that. But I mean, how would you say you are doing with that now? Do you frequently? Is it easy for you to access what you need or want? Because those are different.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely easier now than it used to be for sure. I think there are areas of my life where it's easier or certain relationships where it's easier in, Mm -hmm. but I think it's still somewhere that is like a huge area for growth for me because it's so, it's so conditioned in how I think and how I operate in, in life. And so having to recognize that, and it also is like, oh, well, you know, we've talked about this some with like putting in emotional boundaries. Like, I feel like that's a big part of it. And so figuring out how to do that and having how to live with that short-term panic (laughs) of like, oh no, like, am I about to ruin everything versus a long-term like underlying anxiety that I'm used to?
1: Yeah, wow. Now that we're having this conversation, I'm realizing that maybe I do kind of have a lot of people pleasers that are, you know, like friends or family members. I'm like, Mm -hmm. hmm this is interesting. Mm -hmm. And I I think that my fear of steamrolling might have something to do with this because I'm, I think it's so easy for me to do it because Mm -hmm. it's easy for me to access what I need and want. And it's easy for me to verbalize it most of the time. And so I think what often happens is it's so, it's so easy that I just do it. And then the people around me just are like, okay, we'll just do that because they're for whatever reason, not telling me what they need or want.
0: A hundred percent, and I bet that there is a subconsciousness in our in our friendship seeking, yeah, that it's like, oh, I'm gonna find somebody who will tell me what they need and what they want so that I can say yes.
1: Okay, great. Yeah, but isn't that that funny? Because I'm actually like, I don't like that about myself. I don't want to be steamrolling people. So like, Mm -hmm. I kind of wish that more people would be like, actually, I want to do this. Because for me, it's not hard for me to be like, okay, you want to do this? I want to do this. Like, here's a compromise. Like, that doesn't seem challenging to me or like off-putting at all.
0: Do you feel like you steamroll in your friendships where you have people-pleasers, aka me and some other people I can immediately think of? (laughs) do you feel like you steamroll?
1: I worry about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I worry about it for sure.
0: And I think on the other side of that, I'm like, wow, what a gift that you're giving
1: me to say what you want (laughs) so that I can say yes. Yeah. But now, especially after this conversation, I'm like, okay, I don't think that I'm doing it a lot. I really don't. But I'm like, okay, well, I would like to maybe even give them more space because I want to encourage people to tell me what they need and want. I want that from you. So like how can I encourage it? You know? Mm-hmm. I know it's really tricky. <sighs> it is tricky. Do you feel like the antidote to people policing is authenticity? I think it's somewhere in the ballpark, yeah. And maybe it's not just authenticity, maybe it's valuing your needs, wants, worth, value, like all of those things. Mm-hmm. Like you're contribution to a relationship it, sh- it should be equal to the other person's um so in my mind i'm like well they all kind of go together you know yeah but from somebody on the other side of the people pleasing relationship i do value authenticity in people so yeah you can know that if you would like to make me happy <laughs> <laughs> you could work on racy
0: do this okay i'm gonna steamroll <laughs> you
1: I would be like, yes, let's do that. Actually, it happened one time in a relationship with a person who I know is a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. They vocalized what they wanted to eat for dinner. And I had just had that same restaurant like the night before. And I did not say a word. I was like, yes, we're going there. We're we're going there for sure. I was so happy.
0: (laughs) It brought you so much joy.
1: It did. Yeah. All the people pleasers that listen to it are just going to voice their opinions now just to make me feel better people
0: pleasing Uh, that's awesome yeah okay what what do you see as the harm in people pleasing
1: i mean i definitely think it's a disservice to the people who are doing it to themselves Mm -hmm. and i do sometimes feel like a little bit manipulated or controlled and i'm like Mm. this you don't need to do this to make me happy you don't need to you know Mm Mm-hmm. So it gives me the ick sometimes. Yeah, I I get that. And I feel like it loses intimacy
0: in relationships Mm -hmm. because you aren't allowing for the other person to really hear you or see you or whatever because you're just like, well, I just want to make you happy. So, yeah, it's a barrier to connection, as Brene would say.
1: Yeah. To be more specific, the icky feeling that I get is that – I don't really feel like I'm in a relationship with you. I feel like I'm in a relationship with the person that you're presenting yourself as, and that doesn't feel Mm. good to me. Yeah, that's really tricky.
0: I feel like another harm in it for the people pleaser is that it tends to kind of flourish some feelings of resentment because like Mm. every time you say, oh, no worries, to, you know, cancel plans or when somebody hurt your feelings or – whatever, like you are going to say no worries because you don't want that person to be mad at you or for there to be a conflict or whatever. And so you just present that you're fine. And then silently you're building up a lot of resentment over time.
1: Yeah, that's huge. I'd never thought about that because now I've not been a person who experienced resentment much in my life. And, you know, I'm in a season of motherhood where it's not always easy for me to get what I want. So yeah. now when I feel resentful, I'm like, oh, I have a need here that's not being met. Like, what is that? Mm. I see it almost as a like diagnostic tool. Mm. But yeah, that makes total sense that people pleasers would feel resentful all the time because their needs are not being met. Yep. Or their are in choices. Yeah. But still, I mean, that sucks. I hate it.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I would guess that that, that is a big feeling for people pleasers like throughout their lives or throughout mm-hmm. the times that they- engage in this behavior. Yeah. What do you feel like people can do to not
1: do this? I don't know if I am qualified to answer that. I feel like that's got to be a you you answer because, you know, go to therapy. Definitely go to therapy. But like, what are the mechanisms for you to feel comfortable expressing your needs? Like what relationships do you have where you do feel comfortable expressing your needs? And how have you reached that point?
0: I feel like with Taylor, I'm really comfortable doing that. Like, I don't feel like I people-please him at all. Yeah. If I'm going along with something he wants to do, it's because I'm doing it, because I want him to be happy or not because I am like, oh, I want him to think I'm good, so I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't think about it like that. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I think it came from us having like a lot of honest conversations. I think it came – from building trust that he doesn't like me like me like me because (laughs) um because I like go along with whatever he wants to do
1: right yeah do you feel like other relationships that you have are built on the foundation of you letting them have what they want
0: Mm, I wouldn't say that I think they're like solely built on that but I think it is a pillar interesting in some relationships. I think a big thing is that it's it's learning how to set boundaries and trust that these like close relationships that you have with people, that they are as strong as you think they are. And if you were to stop people-pleasing, that that person isn't going to be like, okay, well, screw you. We're not friends anymore.
1: Yeah. For all my people-pleasing friends, I'm never going to do that to you. I promise. Yeah, I guess that's a real fear. (laughs) I I hear you and I will never do that, I promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, you know, for those of you listening who do have this problem, probably a good starting point would be to identify what you need and want in small situations even. Mm -hmm. Like when you start to feel resentful, like maybe I'm not ready to like make a different choice here, but like what is it that I actually need that's making me feel resentful? Right, Yeah.
0: And I think like one small thing that I started doing this probably in like my late 20s is that I, you know, would say yes to things, even if I was like, I do not want to do that. But I would just say yes, especially if it was being asked to me in person. My, my default is like, I'm not even going to think about it. I'm just going to say yes. And after a couple things I got myself into that I was like, oh, my God, I like really don't want to do that. That's not going to be good for me or like I'm too tired. Like I wanted to do something else or whatever. Trying to force my default answer to be, oh, let me think about it. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Just to give myself some space Mm -hmm. so that I – can allow myself to like go process my emotions of like, oh, I just want to say yes because I want to make them happy instead of giving myself time to like work through all of that stuff and be like, okay, do I actually want to say yes or do I actually just want to say no?
1: Well, actually, this is funny too because pull it back to human design. You're just mm. honoring your authority because your authority is emotional and you need to ride out your emotional wave before you can even really know what the right answer for yourself is.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh.
1: Whereas I have a gut reaction. So like it's not hard for me to be like, oh no, I'm not interested in doing that. Or like, yeah, let's definitely do it. Yeah. Well, are you gonna feel hungover from this? Like, how are we feeling post talking about people pleasing? I think I'm definitely gonna feel hungover from
0: this. I've been sweating the whole time. Um, but I do have therapy later today. So I think that's that's
1: great. Good timing. <laughs> Hopefully I didn't, you know, step on any of your Triggers. No! Oh my gosh! No, you did not You did it! You did it! You wouldn't tell me. You would people-please <laughs> me and tell me I didn't even. <laughs> okay, that is
0: true. However, I'm being fully honest. You Okay. You did I'm not choosing step to believe you. Please believe me. You. I, I mean, I feel like I've said this about you several times, but like you're someone who it is easier for me to be honest with about like what I want or what I need because I feel like we've always had a relationship where I've never felt like oh god she's gonna be pissed at me if I tell her this like I've never felt that way about you so you are definitely you're a great practice friend for me honestly
1: that Um, is maybe the best compliment that anybody has ever (laughs) given me I I just love that thank you you're so welcome I'm happy to make (laughs) you happy
0: all right well if you have any thoughts and feelings, if you are a people pleaser yourself, or if you're a reformed people pleaser, please. <laughs> right we down. would love to hear about that. Yeah. Give us give us the hot tips or come on the pod and we'll do a part two. You can send us an email at likeheartedpodcast at gmail.com or leave us some comments on our sub stack. We love
1: it there. And follow along on Instagram at likeheartedpod. Talk to you soon. Bye.